This week's guest is Danielle Pingard, who joins the show from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Danielle has been in the industry for over 15 years. Danielle's first bartending job was at a hotel bar where she learned the basics as well as speed and efficiency. At this point, Danielle decided to go all in with her industry career and moved on to working at a high-end cocktail lounge where she learned the cocktail culture, absorbed its history, and hasn't looked back since. Danielle has competed in numerous competitions and loves the challenges. Danielle has also had the opportunity to design and help open a lounge in the Alt Hotel in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, where she is also currently managing. Enjoy the show. We are back with another episode of the Industry Podcast. Danielle Pingard is going to be joining us in just a minute. Before we get there, we should say hello to producer extraordinaire Dan Soretta. How are you? Doing awesome, thanks. How are things going with you? Top notch, buddy. Top perfect, notch. perfect. Yeah. We're all flying high. Yeah, it's a Monday, so I spent <laughs> I spent a long day with the accountants. Oh yeah, I spent <laughs> a long day at work. Oh, well. so working for a living is just not for me. Yeah, uh, we should say uh, to get before we get going that uh, we should apologize for the sporadic posting of the show lately. But uh, some of this stuff's out of our hands. Like if people yeah. say that they want to be on the show and then ghost us the day of, <laughs> well, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? So just a reminder, if you've decided that you want to be a guest on the show, just or if you if you don't want to be, just say no. It's no problem. It's no problem. We won't mind. <laughs> what we don't want you to do is say yes right up to the point where we're about to record and then not show up. Yeah. <laughs> if we could avoid that, that would be great. Uh, all right, that's my brief rant about this show. It, 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 we, do, uh, we do you gotta remember we do all the booking ourselves. So there's a lot of work that goes into that, and uh, we totally understand the state of the industry. But like, if you if you commit to something, just follow through. Yeah, commit's a tough word. Yeah, <laughs> commit is a tough word, <laughs> as evidence in your entire life. That is correct. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just get into it. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the show and actually show up for it, then you want to DM us at the Industry Podcast, or you can email us. Info at the industry club. That's the best way to do that. Subscribe, rate, review the show. We know you love it. Zach Hanna at zachhanna.co does all of the artwork for our Instagram feeds. Always a mad shout out to him. If you're in the Tri Cities area here in Kitchener, Waterloo, Preston, then uh, you should come check out my bars. Uh, downtown Kitchener, it's Sugar Run. That's the speakeasy at Sugar Run Bar on Instagram for all the info on where you can, on what's going on there. Uptown Waterloo at Babylon Sisters Bar. Weekend DJs, great, unbelievable wine and wine flights. That's where you can check out what's going on there. And then in Preston, Cambridge area, the Argyle Arms at the Argyle underscore arms underscore 2023. On Instagram, check out what's going on there. Big, massive Canada Day celebration coming up. Oh, nice! Light yeah. the place on fire. Yeah, we're gonna. That's right. We're gonna set off fireworks inside the bar. Perfect. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no man, this shit goes down like fire down there. So, so come check that out. Live music three nights a week at that spot. So come check us out. And that's enough about us. Let's talk about Danielle Pinjert. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? doing we're we doing great. great. Yeah, yeah, thanks very much for coming on the show. Definitely mm-hmm. appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. So you are coming to us from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I think you are actually our first guest from Saskatoon. Like all of Saskatoon or like full on Saskatchewan? Full on Saskatchewan. Oh, yeah. probably, huh? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have we even had anyone Before. from Alberta? Uh, Alberta even? Yeah, we had Alberta just recently. Yeah, Alberta. Saskatchewan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that uh, one. We haven't had no, no one from Manitoba nor Saskatchewan yet. So. Yeah. And I don't know why. So we were talking about this before we started got recording, kind of, and I was just being a dick a little bit. But like, yeah. uh, maybe it's because there we don't hear of a lot of great cocktail bars or bartenders coming from this area of our country. So why do you think that is? Well, like, I think that's a, like a lot of uh, bartenders. There's not a lot of opportunities because it's kind of yeah. like Saskatchewan's a little bit of a flyover. Like, it's not like the big cities where everybody's like, oh, man, this bar here and this bar is doing that over here. Uh, so a lot of the bartenders that are from like Saskatchewan or anywhere around there, they kind of like look at other bigger cities and be like, man, I can grow so much faster. And like, yeah. if I leave, it's like, you know, the whole big fish, small pond kind of yeah. like. Yeah. yeah, so they're just like, I kind of outgrew it. So they'll kind of just kind of leave and not really like, yeah, it's good for them. But sometimes it's kind of like, man, we need like more support and like more people to be like, hey, we're here. Like, don't forget about us. We're still trying to make things big. Right. It's, like, it's, it's very hard to grow shit if everyone just keeps taking off for bigger and better stuff. Right. So like yeah. what what. Is that sort of your commitment? Like you want to grow things in, in Saskatoon? Is that why you've stayed? For the most part, yeah. Like I was thinking about leaving and then I had an opportunity to start managing a high-end cocktail lounge in one of uh, one of the hotels here. So then I was just like also entered into like a couple competitions. So I started to get a little bit known around the cocktail community. And then I was lucky enough to get the bar that I was managing put on Tales of the Cocktail top oh, nice. 50, like best international hotel bar. So I was just like, okay, it's happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're doing something. That's yeah. fucking amazing for that area of the world, though, right? So you must feel super proud about that. Oh, yeah. Like I was super excited about that. So I was just like, okay, that was like one of like my bucket list things to like get that happening. And then, of course, like right after that is like when everything kind of just went to shit. Right. And yeah. So then I was just like, I got involved with um, CPBA, like the Canadian Professional Bartenders Association. So we started doing a little bit more things with that. And then everybody just got busy. And then living in the world of sh being short staffed right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Like, how have you found? I mean, I know it's. I can't even imagine because here in even Kitchener Waterloo, like staffing is my biggest nightmare at all times. Like trying to find people who are qualified to work in your spot and you kind of having to like lower your standards of what you're willing to accept as staff. So how is it in a more remote location like that? It must be a nightmare. Well, for one, like where I live, it's legit one degree separation of everybody. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not even joking. I've sat at the bar and I started talking to like the person beside me and they're like, oh, do you know so-and-so? I'm just like, yeah, they're my friend. And they're just like, oh, they're my best friend. And I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we kind of know everybody and you just kind of like try and text each other, be like, hey, do you know anybody working right. or looking for work or just want to pick up a few shifts here and there? But yeah, for the most part, any resumes that come through are like, Hey, I was a drywaller. Hey, I right. did this. And I'm just like, I'm willing to learn. I'm just like, hey, if you're willing to learn, like, okay, is, come on, let's is, go. 
It's also a little insulting, though, after a while, right? It's like, yeah, I'm running a high-end cocktail bar. It's like you used to drywall. Like, why the fuck do you think you can work here? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just pouring drinks, right? It's easy. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah. yeah, not really. I'm trying to hire for the one for my newest bar right now. And it's like some of the resumes I get, I it just like, you're kind of offending me right now. Like, just because you worked at a gas station for two months does not qualify. <laughs> <laughs> Like pumping gas, warm beer, same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it all comes out of a hose. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, did you grow up in Saskatoon? Yeah, I'm born and raised here. Yeah. So, and how old are you, if if you don't mind me asking? Or an age range? Yeah, you don't have to give us your. Honestly, sometimes I think I'm 36. You think you're 36? Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you look a lot. Well, you look a lot younger than that. So, congratulations. Okay, thank you. Our our listeners are not going to be able to see that, but uh, (laughs) take our word for it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, you were mentioning before we started recording that there was a time period where you were thinking about leaving because I was because I was sort of interested in like how does like a town like Saskatoon keep good bartenders? Yeah. Like I was thinking about leaving just because like I love competing and I love the industry and everything about it. And a lot of the competitions aren't open to residents in Saskatchewan, is which is kind of weird. Like there's a lot of places that will just be like, hey, it's only open to like people in Vancouver or Toronto or Calgary or Halifax, which is Is that like, right? Because that, that's yeah, it's, like it's what, weird. If, if it's open to parts of the country, it should be open to the whole country. What difference would it make? I don't know. It's so bizarre. So like I was talking to one of my friends and he suggested because he's like, man, I just enter whatever, but I enter in an address that may not exist. Oh, really? <laughs> and so he's just like, if they like your cocktail, they'll they'll make a way for you to come. So I was just like, okay, I will do that and <laughs> get mm. invited. But like I thought about leaving and then I was just like, man, if I leave too, I'm just like, who like there's not a lot of us there's a handful of us left that are still bartending here and most of the bartenders kind of moved on to like start opening up their own bars or like doing their own thing or just left the industry completely Mm -hmm. so i'm like there's not very many of us left so i'm like if i leave like what happens to like more of the cocktail scene that we were like trying to build so hard for for so many years it just kind of like will just fall flat so you feel like a bit of a sense of commitment to the community and like developing like the cocktail scene in Saskatoon. That's I that's admirable, admirable, sorry, because you could probably make more money going to Toronto or Calgary or whatever, right? Oh yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you then. So I I mean that's cool that you had that sense of community. What how did you eventually or originally start getting into doing the competitions? Honestly, one of my liquor reps, actually, um, she told me, she's just like, you have to compete. Like I was just bartending, making cocktails. And even like my two bosses, they're both kind of like my mentors. And one of them came from like LA too. And he came up and brought the cocktail scene from his side and brought it up to where we were. So I had my two mentors, they were like teaching me about cocktails. And then the um, the rep for actually like Moe and Hennessy, they're just like, man, you got to comp- compete. There's like this Hennessy competition. You got to like come compete in there. And I'm just like, man, I cannot, like, I'm not a public speaker. Like I cannot do this. And she's just like, just do it. And so I did it. It was 
super nerve wracking. Like I fumbled all my words. Like when I had my cocktail, like my jigger against my glass, you could hear it tinging <laughs> and people were like, I'm like, I'm not nervous. I swear. <laughs> it's part and of the then, show. It's part of the yeah, show. <laughs> exactly. But then after that, I was just like, I got hooked because it was just like a completely different world. And they kind of had, you had limits. So it was just like such a challenge that you have to like work within these limits, but make a drink that's just for that Pacific brand that you're using. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I don't know. It was just like, I think the challenge, cause I love challenges. And I think the challenge that was there was just like, Oh, holy shit. Like this is like a high end challenge. And you're also competing against like so many other bartenders and then like the people that you meet and then like the knowledge that you gain from somebody being like, man, I'm infusing this with this or making using this ingredient. And you're like, I wouldn't even thought of that. You're like, mm-hmm. I, so it like opens a world to like making new cocktails, learning new recipes or new techniques of doing things. Um, and I know all the competitions are different. So, but I'm sort of, because you've done a bunch of them, I'm sort of interested in talking about like, how much of it do you think is like, what is the ratio for like the actual quality of the cocktail, the originality of the cocktail, how fast you make it and like your presentation? Like, what do you think? ways more like because you were talking about like you were nervous about public speaking and stuff but that that's a big part of these competitions right oh yeah i would say like presentation is number one like because you have to be like super entertaining and like you got to keep everybody's attention and of course like you guys know like having a podcast you got to like make it entertaining that people are going to listen to it so it's just like i got you is that what we're supposed there. to be fucking doing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah so i was just like okay you have to like because when you're making a drink sometimes you're quiet so you have to constantly be talking yeah and which is like also different but you do it behind the bar all the time if you're like working a guest is asking something you're making drinks they're like what's in this like dish that you have today and you're just like oh this and this Mm. while you're stirring a drink and pouring and the server's asking you like when's my chit i just rang it in and you're like well (laughs) But, it's, but, but that's different, right? Because you're like talking about stuff that's sort of muscle memory when you're like mixing drinks at the bar. But this is like a presentation. So yeah. you're there like there. It's almost like a speech. Yeah. So like I usually write out a speech and then I make the drink with my speech. So as I'm saying things about like history behind like what's behind the label, certain things of like key notes that only like, you know, the brand ambassador would know or the distiller would know. They love that, like the little like Easter eggs and like key Mm. nuggets that you get. And so it's just like anytime I'm just like, okay, well, I'm pouring the bottle, let's say of Maker's Mark, I'm going to talk about why the net goes in a little bit. And so then, you know, at that point, you need to be talking about that. So there's like little connections that you have to make to make your presentation go a little bit easier. So you remember what you're doing and don't completely forget, mm-hmm. which happens all the time because <laughs> nerves. Yeah. Uh, and were you comfortable public speaking before you started doing this stuff or not so much? Oh, hell no. Definitely no. not. <laughs> yeah. Like Public speaking, I would just be like, uh, you need to speak to like these people. I'll be like, no, thank you. No, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Never, never. So how'd you get, how did you find you you got over that fear? Repetition, actually. Yeah? Yeah. So just just doing, like, and do you mean like repetition in the mirror or like repetition of just doing the competitions over and over again? I think like both. Like I would set up, like I have just like a 
island in my kitchen and I would set it up like I'm competing already and just go over, make the drink, say it, say it, say it. And then just constantly doing them, you kind of start getting used to it that people are just sitting there and you have like a room of like either 10 to like 50, 80 people just silent staring at you in a bar and they're like, okay, next up. And then it's like, go. And you're like, yeah. So did you have like, I'm just sort of interested in the process. Like, did did you have like friends over that you would present in front of them or did you just do this by yourself? I would just do it by myself for the most part. I would have my partner watch me sometimes and like yeah. listen to me. Um, and then I'd also record myself right, to see right. like how it sounded and listen to it back and be like, hey, is it too boring? Like, mm-hmm. am I stuttering anywhere? Like, am I missing anything? So I'd just like, you kind of get to the point where you get a little bit like, super picky about yeah. what everything is happening. Like you're overanalyzing everything that you're doing. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause like for, for me, I don't think I could ever, like I have OCD. So I would just get too far into my own fucking head. Like just being like, it would never <laughs> be good enough. You know what I mean? So I like, I, yeah. I'm very, I'm always very fascinated with the process of like how you put that show together. But you're also at the end of the day, technically it's supposed to be about the cocktail even though you kind of know it's more about the presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So uh, what was the first cocktail you made at your very first competition? Probably that would be my Hennessy competition. What did I... I made my own tea. Like I really love teas. Teas are my thing. So I made my own tea kind of like with different like herbs and ingredients. And what did I use? I think I used a scotch rinse and some honey ginger syrup so i had the tea going and then that and then i couldn't remember my ingredients because i was like staring at the judges and they're staring at me writing things (laughs) down and i was just like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was a hennessy competition i think it was called from the hearth the hearth yeah so it was about like making your own way and kind of like keeping everything warm in the industry and being inviting and yeah but yeah, it was. Yeah, so the story makes a big difference, right? Like, if you, you yeah. got to have a story behind it as well. Uh, and so, how many competitions have you done now? Uh, like, I've entered a lot. Like, one of the ones that I struggle to get in because I struggle with videos is like world class is the hardest one yeah, that's that I can't one. get in. But I was just like, I I'll enter here and there just to be like, okay, let's go. But I think I've done like I've done Knob Creek Maker's Mark. Belvedere, Hennessy. Um, I recently doing a Jameson's one. What else have I done? Oh my goodness, I can't even remember right now. Well, a lot. I've done a obviously. few. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there obviously there was this point where you kind of got over your uh, inhibitions and your fears, and you like kind of leaned into it. Now you must like doing them. I do. Like I really love doing that. I'm also like very competitive. So I like to be like, oh, what's this person doing? Can be like, I love that. Okay, Mm. I'm going to like compete and try and be better. And so just based on what you're telling me right now, the other side of this is what generally people uh, who enjoy being in the competitions, who are like great craft bartenders, the new thing is the Instagram bartender situation. So have you gotten into that as well? Uh, a little bit. I haven't posted like 
I'm so bad sometimes with social media, like as like working so much, like sometimes mm-hmm. I'm working like, you know, in the industry, you're working like 10 hour days, no breaks. Like, yeah. so sometimes I'll like go in my social media. I'm just like, oh, I haven't posted in a year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> whoops, <laughs> my bad. That's so not I'll, good like, for your fucking brand. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> just like, oh shit. So I'll like make something and then like reels are massive right now. So like everybody's doing reels and like yeah. doing these super high-end, like amazing videos. But I'm just like, man, sometimes I just I don't have the time for that. I'm with you. Who has the fucking time for this shit? So I'm like, I own three spots and I'm like trying to run the Instagram feeds as well. I'm like, who has time to do reels for all these Instagram feeds? Like but I know that that it's so important because it drives so much traffic towards your Instagram feed, which therefore or therein drives a, a ton of traffic to your actual like bar, right? It so yes, like. But do we all need to be hiring social media managers now? Is that the game? I'm thinking so. Like <laughs> I'm trying to do like I run my own, and then I also am running like where I'm working now, and I'm just like I'm struggling to keep up on like either one of them. Yeah, like, I know yeah. it's a it's a full time job on its own. Like I don't have time for that shit. Yeah, and like yeah. it's enough to just post, but the reels, yeah, the reels they're killing <laughs> us. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a lot. Uh, okay, so let's talk, let's talk a little bit about the bar you're working at now. Is and is this the one that got recognized by Tales of the Cocktail, or that was uh, a previous one? That was a previous one. Unfortunately, that bar no longer exists anymore. Like, Pandemic casualty. Uh, kind of, yeah. So, like, I left, and then it just after the pandemic, it just kind of like fell apart. Oh, so, so it was it was a Danielle casualty, not a pandemic casualty. <laughs> like I left and the staff kind of left. It was yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, the I used to work with one of the general managers uh over and she was building a new hotel, which is like the alt hotel. Um, I think you have them like over closer to where you guys are. There's a yeah, few there's, that's there's like a couple of Toronto Hamilton. Yeah, the Jermaine family, so. yeah. So she was building like it was new hotel and she's just like, Hey, they want to start a bar. And she's like, I heard your, and I was just like kind of bartending going back to it. I'm like, this is nice. You walk in for a shift. You don't have to worry about like stock schedule staff. You like walk in, do your job, walk out. I'm like, this is amazing. I love this. Yeah. (laughs) And then she's just like, "Uh, do you want to open a bar here? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. Like, I think I'm good for managing for a bit. I just kind of want to like take a little break. And she's like, well, you can design your own bar. And I was just like, oh, oh that's a tough one to turn down. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> design your own bar with other people's money. That's great. Yeah. So I was just like, okay. I'm just like, what's the catch? And she's like, nope. She's just like, you have to work within a few limitations, but you, she's like, I will support you in any way. Just like come in, design this bar, get it going. And I was like, okay, fine. So now here we are like two plus years later, I'm still there. Like, but it was, it was an interesting challenge. Like I've never designed my own bar. So like working with a team of designers, which like designers are amazing. They do their job, but they don't understand functionality. Thank you. Especially in a bar. Yeah, like, I worked with a designer one time and it was just like, I get it. You design office space and it's going to look beautiful, but that 
and like the the parts that they designed for my bar looked beautiful but it wasn't functional it it didn't lend itself to like me making money off the space in any way and also always the most expensive option yeah Yeah. (laughs) they're like this looks beautiful and i'm like it is lovely but i'm just like i need a cooler and she's like what do you need a cooler for i'm just like um beer wine you know to cool (laughs) yeah she's like oh i guess that's a thing right and i'm just yeah and then i was just like okay we need um a glass washer and like because it was an empty space like there was nothing there was like they had tables and chair like it but it was like just kind of like the bones of everything. Like there was no bar. Mm. And so they're asking me, they're just like, like you have a lot of equipment that's really expensive. Like I don't understand. And I was just like, yeah. sometimes you gotta, wa- you gotta wash some fucking glassware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you need to wash dishes. And they're just yeah. like, well, what do you mean? You're just like, well, the glassware, like it's going to be busy. So you need to get them clean so you can serve more drinks to make more money. And they're yeah. like, Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, oh, you, you need plumbing behind the bar. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. That was one of yeah. those. Yeah, like a little, a little fridge for a bottle of beer, maybe, and syrups. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like, we don't understand, but yeah, they were also speaking of plumbing. They're mad because the, I'm just like, okay, we need to like run water. I'm like, we need like a gun behind the bar and like yeah. all of this stuff. I'm like, water and sprayers, and they're just like, so you need like a drain and I was like yeah and they're like but we have to put a hole in the floor and I'm like well yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing yeah Yeah. and that's a funny thing like uh there need I I think it'd be an interesting angle if someone had designed a company that was a design company for bars and restaurants as opposed to like these designers who mostly just do interior spaces apartments hotels like uh, and and what have you but the, none of them do bars and restaurants right but then you hire yeah. them as a designer and they don't have the they don't have the the idea of the infrastructure you need for the space exactly like i found one i don't forget what website it was but you could basically design like a bar module and like do different like i don't know if you have you guys seen this before but you can like take like different like ice wells like racks fridges, coolers, like, and you can type up like names of the equipment that you need and it will like enter it in and it's like a 3d design oh. and it'll give you measurements of everything. What? Cool. Yeah. It was like, I forget what it, ah, uh, it was like something module. I got a case. I have something. If like, if I remember what it is, I will like DM it to you. But honestly, I found this and it was like the best thing I ever did and used. And honestly, and then I just sat designing like the best bar and you can make like wraparound bars. You can make like areas that like curve and stuff. And so you can design it right. That would fit underneath your bar. It was like the best thing ever. That's amazing. Yeah. Please. If, if please, I find it again, yeah, please tell me because I'm just it. interested in that in general, like, even for like what I do in my personal business, right? Like independent of the podcast, that would be great knowledge to have because oh my yeah, gosh, yeah, it's so good. This just brought something to my mind, though. That's a little bit off topic, but I was I've been reading this book. These guys uh, who have been asking to come on the show wrote this book. They're coming on. Oh yeah. Um, I've been reading their book, and they talked to this guy, and I think. I can't, this, all the bars are running together now, but uh, they had 
created this space and like part of the one of the chapters is about immersion right like um like the immersion of your guests into the space and they had put a like a vip table behind the bar yeah right what? yeah which is like i mean that's the ultimate immersion i guess but it's also like sounds like so i guess they're they're probably doing some high-end prep work and ice work and shit so it's like a show for, oh, the people, definitely. for the people who are sitting back there but i i think it's kind of a cool idea but it also seems like very hard to execute <laughs> uh yeah that yeah. seems like an like one of those like you get the chef's table but it's like you know the bartender's yeah. table yeah and that's yeah. exactly what the concept was yeah which i thought was interesting but it's also like how do you pull that shit off right like also at the same time you're like working and then these people are just like yeah they're sitting there, there they're like, right in there their dinner and you're just <laughs> like right out the way behind behind yeah. you're like, like shaving ice <laughs> yeah it was an interesting concept but i'm like that's something you could only pull off in like a very large city (laughs) i don't don't... okay sorry i found it oh you did okay great called like crown with a k and then with an e crown custom bar builder oh okay that's great thank you very much that's just probably interesting for a bunch of people listening to the show but specifically for me so (laughs) best thing i ever found and yeah okay sorry no that's great no no no, (laughs) that's on topic for this show (laughs) (laughs) the great thing about this show is we have a lot of bar nerds who listen to it so (laughs) perfect okay they'll be like oh my goodness everybody's gonna be designing their own bar be like this is the perfect bar this is the perfect cocktail bar this is the perfect like highball bar exactly yeah so okay so you got into this hotel bar thing and doing the tales of the like that we got off topic a little bit there but i wanted to get back into like how you guys got recognized by tales of the cocktail that one i'm not sure actually like well i did compete in oh bombay sorry um most imaginative bartender so i entered in that one i made it into the top 100 and then i made it into the top 30 and i was actually one of three canadians to make it into like the final rounds and so they're just like oh my goodness like canada because they a lot of the times like Canada doesn't make it into like most imaginable because it's like North American. So it's mostly like people from the States. Sure. Um, so then they flew me down to Portland where I met with um, Taylor. She was one of the ones who kind of like does tales of the cocktail runs it. And then also around that time, um, I was meeting with Lauren as well from like bittered slang and stuff. So I was like helping out with her bitter. So I think it was just like competitions, uh, knowing a few people that they're like, Hey, like, where are you coming from? So like sometimes in a couple like competitions that you do, they have brand ambassadors come to your bar and come visit you and see what like your room is all about, like how you bartend, how you interact with your guests. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you don't know who they are. So I think that's kind of like how they're like, Oh, like, we really love this bar. This is actually, like, a really cool-looking bar. Yeah, that I'm, that I mean, that's awesome, especially in that area, right? Like, so we've had Lauren on the show before. 
unbelievable woman mentor whatever how did you feel about meeting her uh like lauren's been amazing uh i used to host a few things for world class when she was working with like world class and all of that so she would always come by do like modules for all of the bartenders here so i got to know her quite well and then she just kind of like reached out and she's like hey do you want to like help me out with bitter sling and then like that's also i think you did an interview with kate as yes. well okay yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah i saw that too so i was just like man like like lauren she's like a powerhouse so i'm just like yeah whatever yeah i'll yeah. help out with bitter sling yeah for sure yeah i know and she is a powerhouse and like honestly there was a stretch during our interview with her where she just like basically talked about mentoring in the industry for about probably 10 minutes straight and it was like so fucking inspiring and i'm an old embittered dude in this industry for so for me to get inspired by someone anymore was pretty special you know like she's yeah. she's got that in her uh so for her to win like like the top mentor at Tales of the Cotto in the last year was well deserved. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It was like that was amazing to hear. Like she's done so much for like the community, the industry. I know she's working with um Bacardi and Patron now, and she's yeah. just like doing such amazing things. Yeah. And like, so you yourself, who obviously have done a ton of amazing things as well in the industry, like what is it that you're looking to give back to the industry at this point? Uh, I think I'm kind of just trying to get like the newer generation into like cocktails and the industry because like I know how the industry looked like when I started bartending. It is a lot different like now than it was then. Like I feel like yeah. back then everything was like way more lenient. Like we could just do stuff and like serve drinks and it wasn't so like we have to meet this like margin and this and this. And it wasn't always like about numbers and like, you know, people coming through the door, which it more or less kind of is now. And it's just like, I want to get people more excited about like giving an experience to a guest, like legit, you can turn somebody's day around from them having like a shit day, especially like working in a hotel, like people have a shit day of travel and they're just like, Oh my gosh, my plane was delayed. This is delayed. And they're like in a bad mood and they'll sit at the bar. And then it's just like, Hey, how's it going? Like you give them a cocktail, you give them a drink, but you ask them be like, Hey, what, what do you feel like drinking? What, like, what's your mood right now? Like, I will make you a drink based on your mood. Like, oh. and I'll be like, what, what are you talking about? And it's just like, what do you feel? Do you want something refreshing? You want this? And then they'll drink something like, this is amazing. And you're like, yes. And nice. you're like, you can change people's day. And it's like trying to show like the newer generation be like, man, you can affect people's lives more than you think. Yeah. That's a great way to think about the industry. And I think Appreciate you saying that because it's it's a way that we all need to be thinking more and more about because I think especially post-pandemic, it has become such a numbers game where we're like generally we're all behind the eight ball. We've all lost money for the last two years. We're all trying to catch up, you know, and you kind of lose focus and uh, of the concept that really the whole point of this industry is to give other people a good time. Exactly. Yeah. So like, what's, uh, what would be your advice to people going forward to try and walk that line? And like, we obviously still need to keep uh, focus on the monetary side of it, but like to make sure that we're also keeping focus on giving the guests the experience that they're there to receive. Uh, oh, dude. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, um, right? I'm just yeah. like, oh, that's the end of one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just think, like, just, like, make sure, like, everybody's happy. Like, we're all people. We all have emotions. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, 
Like I was at a restaurant the other day and I heard the manager like yelling at the kitchen staff. Like I could hear them through like the kitchen. I was just like, man, that doesn't fly anymore. Like definitely not. People will quit. And that's the other thing is like people will just leave jobs, be like, I'm not feeling it. I'm out. And it's just like people need to be respected no matter what. And if they ask like a question, I always tell like any staff that I have, I'm just like, no question is a stupid question. I'm just like, if you think the question's dumb, I don't care. I'll answer it. I'm just like, some people just really don't know. And plus some people like learn differently than other people. Right. Yeah. You can't, you got to treat everyone fairly, but you can't treat everyone equally because yeah, yeah, everyone's different, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Some people want the carrot. Some people want the stick. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I usually ask too. I'm just like, how do you like to learn? I'm just like, are you a visual learner or are you like hands-on learner? Like, do you like to see like a cocktail recipe in a menu or do you want to just like learn as you go? And most of them are like, I like learning as I go. I'm like, okay, I'll just throw you in. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like, do you find that there are that many people who can like learn visually through the cocktail list? Not so many in our industry, right? Because it tends to attract more creative people. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. Like they're not studiers. No. <laughs> we're all a little kind of like, ooh, shiny. Like, yeah. I'm over here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Danielle, this was super fun to talk to you. And uh, like, I'm, I think you're doing amazing things. You're the star in the industry, especially doing it from the area that you're doing. I'm not trying to denigrate Saskatoon, but that's like, that's a pretty remote location for you to stick with and try and, and like, I admire the fact that you're trying to make things happen there rather than just trying to go somewhere else where you could probably be doing even better for yourself. So honestly, my sincere congratulations for that. And thanks for doing the show. So tell us, tell our listeners where they can follow you on Instagram and follow your bar, etc. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Miss Bandit. I'm trying to post better. So <laughs> and then you can also, yeah, you can the also girl's follow. busy. Leave her alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working a lot. I'm working yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, and then you can also follow my bar that I'm managing right now. It is bouquet underscore on the plaza. Um, you can look up the alt and you can find our link there. And you can get good fucking cocktails in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Yeah, so you can get you... a lot of fucking good cocktails here. We uh, definitely love cocktails and food. It's our awesome. Thing. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I'm I'm very impressed with what you're doing. So keep at it. People, we need people like you in the industry. So awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I definitely appreciate this. Yeah. Thanks for doing it. Thanks very much. Yeah.